You are gonna be the best mom. I'm an amazing mother. You are the best mom in the whole world. Lady, you are the best mom ever. Welcome to The Mom Show, My Talk 1071's new show featuring guests and topics that all good moms will want to hear. The phone lines are open for your questions. Am I doing this right? 651-641-1071 or email the show at mytalk1071.com, keyword mom. Thank you so much for joining us here on The Mom Show on MyTalk 1071 and MyTalk1071.com. We appreciate you however you listen to us. And we also want to remind you that every episode you can find on our website, MyTalk1071.com, keyword mom. And then you can just say it, share it with your friends and your families and your loved ones in case we hit something important to you. And we do that courtesy of our rotating panel of experts where they come in and they impart all kinds of knowledge and wisdom <laughs> and make you feel so much better because you probably looked up just enough information to make yourself not be able to sleep at night. So. Yeah. Perfect at that. The queen of being able to help you sleep at night. <laughs> Our friend, the fantastic family law attorney from Sheridan Dulas, Deanne Dulas is with us. Hello, hello, Deanne. Hello, hello. I am always so excited when you come in to visit because not only do we get to talk about some things that are very impactful for our listeners, they might mm -hmm. be going through this or have someone in their circle that's going through it, but I always get to talk to you about nerd stuff like Dr. Who. <laughs> yes. So I am glad that you are here. So. Well, thank you so much. I always love coming in and seeing you too. Right. You a beautiful smile and such intelligence. I just love talking to you about anything. Thank you. And it's always good to rally your troops during these times. You yes. know? And it's like going, all right, I read this. Who can I use or who can I discuss this with that can help me translate it into what it really does regarding my situation? And yes. that's a lot of what we, things that we do here on The Mom Show. And I do want to remind you that we do give some great general advice here. But this is, again, general advice. Deanne is a fantastic attorney, but anything that we share today should not be const uh, constituted as a relationship. We do seek uh, encourage you to seek your own legal counsel. Yeah, you really need to talk to somebody specifically because it can often turn on tiny little details. Right. Details where we can talk generally about something, but you might not even recognize it. But you tell me something, and I'll be like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hang right. on, that is really important." What? Wait, I I didn't understand that. No, those little details make a difference. You really have to talk to somebody for yourself and get these answers. There's no reason why you should be losing sleep. Right. Just call somebody, get some good answers understand your situation so that you can make an informed decision about how best to move forward. And when we start thinking about the way that time passes, it's usually better to go, instead of me ruminating on it, just get an answer from a professional sooner yeah. rather than later so you can go, okay, how do I proceed? Yeah. Because sometimes with some of these things, the longer you let them sit, the worse it is for you. Yeah, it just trying to is. think, Yeah, trying to go, well, maybe if I just let it, it'll just heal on its own. That's not often the case. No, that mm -hmm. sort of magical thinking doesn't always help us. Right. And I can tell nearly 99% of the people out there listening right now at two in the morning, if you're worrying about something, you probably do not have enough information to fix it in that moment. Right. One out of a hundred times, something is going to come to you and aha, that's going to be that moment. But the only thing you're really doing at two o'clock in the morning is torturing yourself. Exactly. You have to have more information to be able to really understand all of your options so that you can Take that next step. One of the things that we cover whenever you in or when your counterpart, Jeff Sheridan, is in is a, the conversation about it's OK if you don't have all this information. This information mm -hmm. aggregates and changes over time. Yes. And so it's important to go. There are people who are steeped in this and that's their job to know all this stuff and then be able to translate it for you. So it's fine if you're like, well, I, I feel dumb. And I you know it's like you're not dumb. No. It's OK. It's changing all the time. Everybody's got their own lane, right? Right. You can't be an expert at everything. I can. There's any number of billions of things out there that I would seek out help from somebody else for. 
this happens to be my lane. Right. And so if you have questions or things that are bothering you about my lane and it's not yours, you've got to talk to somebody about that. Exactly. And we are going to cover um, a, a, a top list of things you can do during and after divorce to stay out of the court in the future. So we some top things you can do. And I, I looked through this list that you sent me and I was very, I was like happy, sad about it because, you know, everybody knows I'm divorced as well. And mm-hmm. some of these things I was really good at and so was and so was my ex. And there's some things that you look at this going, we could have done a better job of that. And yeah. Yeah, yeah everybody can always do a better job of that. And it, it is hard in the moment Right. To really see it from the outside. You know, every divorce has its legal components, its financial components, but it also has those emotional and psychological components. And to ignore those is really to do everybody in the room a disservice, especially when we're dealing with a whole family. Like there have been some that even if it's just you and and your your partner and you don't have children involved, I mean, all of these things can get so much more layered and complex when you start adding in pets and children. Like, oh, how do they? Right. Pets, pets and, and children. children. Pets and make children. Make it much, much worse. Right. But it also comes down to everybody's individual ideas of fairness. Right. And fairness in the context of that particular relationship. And in particular to those individuals. All of those things vary by person to person, couple to couple, situation to situation. And right. so... Really getting into the nuts and bolts of just doing the legal aspect of it or the financial aspect of it only get us so far. We really need to talk about how do we give you a whole solution so that you're not spending the rest of your life in and out of court. Right. And I'm going to do something, although I'm not born and raised here, I've been in the Midwest for a very long time. So as a a true Midwesterner, I'm going to apologize for something that is not my fault. Um, I apologize to all of you if you're going through this situation. I know that even if it makes sense to dissolve your relationship and you guys are working through it, it's not easy. It's not easy to go through this. It's very, it's a very tumultuous time in your life. You know, you feel like you're losing a lot, Mm -hmm. even if you will be gaining something. And you you may, even if you and your partner aren't living your best lives together, it's still hard. Yo, oh, it's so hard. And you know, what the psychologists tell us is that losing a child is at the top as far as the emotional range. Right. But it's actually uh, harder to get divorced than if you were in a loving relationship and your spouse dies. I can imagine. Because there's a social structure around death. There's Mm -hmm. a social structure around losing a spouse in that way. Right. But the only social structure that surrounds us when it comes to divorce is what we see on TV. What we hear about is the fight, the anguish. Every divorce is supposed to turn into World War Three. Right. And the fear of what comes along with that, that fear that you're going to be judged by your peers or your family if you don't fight hard enough. Right. Or if you compromise on an issue, because now it's not just you making the decision, but right. it's the chorus of voices around you that you also have in your head that you're trying to please, right. not make angry, not make disappointed in mm-hmm. you while you're trying to make these life-changing, altering decisions. And grieving at the same point. grieving at the same point, but Mm -hmm. not in a way that is really socially supported, except to tell you how to fight, how to get angry, how to hate what happens. So we are going to help with these tips, because it really is, there are ways that you can do this. We always remind people, there are ways that you can go through difficult situations Mm -hmm. that will make your long-term self 
be positioned better. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love all of my clients that come in and I get to work with and I, and we do everything we can to help put them on that right path forward. Right. But every time I see one of those people coming back into my office, I right. think, God, you know, I really love you, but I'm so sorry you're back here. Exactly. Right. If we can do it right and we can put people on really a good path forward, the goal always as a lawyer is to hope you don't have to see those folks again. Well, I wanted to start with this one because this is something that I've said out loud to my friends as well, is that just knowing that once you go into a divorce process, mm-hmm. whoever you were married to is the same person you're divorcing. Yes. So magically thinking that they're going to be different during this process is doing yourself a disservice. <laughs> yeah, you, you have to recognize, you know, first and foremost, that when you're reaching agreements, when you're going through the negotiation process, that this doesn't end with a divorce decree. Right. If you have kids, Mm -hmm. it's going to last essentially for the rest of your life. They don't stop being the children of you and your spouse right? or you and your partner. They will always be your combined children. And so if we are working through this process in a way that we are thinking that somehow this piece of paper is going to change the other person, um, you can't count on it. Right. Right. We write the document. We come to the agreements understanding that these are some rules that we're going to come up with, but we have to design those rules knowing who's on the other side of the table. Right. If you happen to be a very organized person and your spouse and partner isn't, what makes you think that just because you have a document that says it would be in your best interest to be more organized, that they're going to be able to do that? Right. So there's no point in you frustrating yourself by going, why didn't you change? The court told you to. Right. The court told you to change. The right. court told you you had to do all this and this and this and this and this. If we know this is something that person has never done before, right. and maybe it was even a source of dispute during your marriage. Right. We got to write around that. Exactly. Right. We have to take that into consideration. If that is not that person's wheelhouse, if that is not their strong suit, then we own it. Right. Right. But we do hold them accountable to those things that we are expecting of them. Right. And we make it very clear This is the clear expectation. Right. But you cannot assume that they are going to change. You can't assume that um, we're going to come up with this and the divorce is going to be done. And then I never have to really deal with this person again. Right. That's not the case. We have to write it based upon the person who's on the other side of the table. And Deanne, use the word expectation. I think that's very key to remind people that you have to manage everybody's expectation of what's actually going to be able to be accomplished because you're still human beings. You're the same human beings that fell in love with each other and got married. And so you should know each other well enough to go, how can I distance enough to make sure that this probably will work out for both of us in the way that we need it to? Yeah. You, you have to be able to address these things head on. If it was a problem during the divorce, it's going to be a problem coming forward. Right. And simply ignoring it doesn't make it go away. Right. And so we, if there are specific things that have been problems in the past, we address those things head on. Mm-hmm. I mean, if for instance, you have concerns about your mother-in-law and how your mother-in-law cares for your children when the children is with the mother-in-law or the communications. That's not going to stop when you get divorced. Right. But you might be able to come up with a communication technique or some requirements about information sharing that can help to at least resolve or alleviate some of those problems. Right. If your spouse has always drank and alcohol is an issue in the divorce, it's going to be an issue going forward. Right. So we need to create rules and a safety net around that particular issue. 
really the the idea is is that there is no one set of rules that fits perfectly for everyone and the assumption is is that we can go in and just fill out some some you know blank papers and just like boom okay we're divorced we're done right all you do is postpone that fight. You're just setting it up to be an ongoing and continuing problem forward. And no matter how much you wave those pieces of paper at one another, it's still a, if you didn't, if you're a person that didn't read your mail before, what makes you think you're going to do this now? Yes. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. Right. It's going to create frustration. It's going to create ongoing problems. And the, and the, the anger and the, the frustration and the bitterness that got you to the point where your relationship was breaking up or you were getting divorced is going to continue on. Right. And it doesn't get better because you're living in two different places. Exactly. It's going to fester. It's going to boil over. And eventually, if it hasn't already, it will impact your children. Well, Deanne, we're going to go to our first break. I know we have more of these top tips when we get back. So what do you want to hit when we get back from the break? Well, I want to talk a little bit more about some things that you can do during the divorce while uh, while we still have control over the document um, and managing expectations and other ideas along those lines. Right. And if you have any questions, we always encourage you to be part of the Mom Show. The number is 651-641-1071. We'll be right back with Deanne Dulas from Sheridan Dulas here on the Mom Show. Welcome back to the Mom Show here on My Talk 1071 and streaming on MyTalk1071.com. I'm Ms. Shannon here with Deanna Dulas from Sheridan and Dulas. Always reminding you that if you've had some questions that have been weighing on your mind, they have a variety of uh, of attorneys over at Sheridan and Dulas, and this is a great first call for you. Yeah, you know, we don't charge for consultations in part because we really want this to be an informative process. If you just get in and hire the first lawyer that you talk to, you're not necessarily finding the person who is the right fit for you. And so we try not to create those barriers for people uh, by by making it really that friendly you can call in. We'll get you scheduled on the calendar. We're still working remotely because mm-hmm. we want to be really sensitive, not only to, uh, you know, us, but I really want to make sure I'm taking care of my staff. Right. And I really want to make sure that I'm taking care of people that we're working with so uh, we can get you on the phone. We can do a call. It, it really is the easiest call you can make. And I think it's important to start with something like that, because for a lot of people, this might be their first entry into these conversations. And so Mm -hmm. it's good to go. Well, you can call and someone can even help you navigate what you don't know. And that is that is critical because Mm -hmm. if you walk into just any attorney's office or call any attorney's office and this is the first and only person you've ever talked to. Right. You don't understand the the range of people that are out there that do this same work. Right. We all have the same degree, but we all handle it differently. It's like leaves on a tree. Right. right? We all process the chlorophyll and the sunshine and we do the whole work. Right. But we all might be a little different than the next person. And if you're going to go through something that is this difficult and this challenging in your life, you've got to really like and trust the person who is metaphorically now sitting next to you. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Who is helping you with that? Because if you simply hire the first lawyer that you talk to and you just say that person, they're a lawyer. They got to know what they're talking about. Um, Sometimes you get some really bad advice. Right. And sometimes it's just, yay. I, what I find is sometimes you go, well, when you're building your circle, it's who can communicate to me in a way that I can process. So yeah. they may be very accomplished in what they do, but maybe they just don't say it or in the way that I can receive. So I'm still into this impasse. And that's fair if you're one of those people. Right. Well, and, and let's just own this for a second. Lawyers have the reputation that we do for a reason. Right? Okay. <laughs> 
I, I don't want to even try to pretend that those people don't exist. It does. When I say I'm friends with attorneys, they're like, do not bring them to this party. Do not bring them. They will make it so complex and kill all the buzzes. All they, the buzzes will be killed if you bring your attorney friends to this party. Right. And, and make sure if you do invite them that everybody hides your purse. Right. Because they are all going to do just about the money. Right. Uh, that's all just it is. Sharks. Sharks and snakes. Yeah. You, right. But you aren't. Right. But mm-hmm. not all of us. Right? Correct. The bad ones do exist. I'm going to I'm gonna say that out loud. And right. So when I hear the joke that, you know, what's the difference between a dead snake in the road and a dead lawyer in the road? It's that there's skid marks in front of the snake, right? <laughs> I I can totally appreciate that, right? Like, Deanna, okay. if you were in the road, I would swerve appropriately. Oh, I appreciate I, you know, that. I would not put you on ro- lawyer dead kill. We'll be fine. <laughs> I appreciate that. I get that. it. I get it. You be- know? Because lawyers know, and again, this is the bad the bad side. Some lawyers know that if they put gas on the fire, they make more money. Precisely. Right. Mm-hmm. If 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 you are walking into a lawyer's office that only tells you what you want to hear or lets you believe that they are the lifeline, that you they are the only way that you can get out of this situation. Right. Mm-hmm. They might have a different motivation in helping you than you do. Right. So you have to be so careful. I mean, and that's where we come back to these next ideas of really managing those expectations. Yes. Because you're going to have a circle of people around you who are going to have heard things on the radio, mm-hmm. on television, have read something, saw it on a show, exactly. saw it in a movie, or if you hear it from the person, the lawyer that you're talking to, that promises you things or tells you things that are not necessarily realistic. Right. Right. Miss Shannon, right now, if I told you, if you walk out this store, I can guarantee you're going to get a hundred dollars. You're like, okay, cool. Let's walk. Let's right. walk. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Mm-hmm. But there's nobody outside that door going to give you a hundred dollars. Right. Right. This is about really making sure you understand what the system is designed to give you. Right. Because if you believe that the system is going to give you a hundred dollars when you walk outside that door, when you don't get that $100, you are going to be angry. Mm-hmm. You are going to be bitter. You're going to think that you got, you know, screwed over by the system. Yes. But it might have just been that if I told you you should expect that $100, the problem wasn't that you didn't get the $100. The problem was is that I told you you were going to get the $100. So you created an un an, an unattainable expectation. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Right. So if you, uh, you know, and it happens all the time, right? When Whenever you hear about someone really talking about having a bad experience in a divorce. Right. A lot of times that's because they had a lawyer that wasn't managing that expectation, wasn't telling them the truth about the pros and cons of what their approach was. And maybe... They, they told you you could get to an issue and get there. Yes. But they didn't tell you it was going to take you $50,000 to get there. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. Or that it was one of those issues that is so within the discretion of the court that you could take an issue in front of 10 different people and get 10 different answers. Or it could feel like a coin flip and you could be the one that didn't end up getting the resolution right. that you want. Right. Okay. Because when it's those coin flip type issues, if you go in believing that the, you have a 100% chance of prevailing on that issue and you don't, it will create those hard feelings. It will make right. it even more difficult to move forward because you will always have that harshness and bitterness 
that prevents you from seeing what happened from that other perspective. And feeling that the system is against you, and so there's no point in trying to go forward. Right, Mm -hmm. exactly. And so really, and I know this, this shouldn't be a thing, but finding a lawyer that you know or feel comfortable is telling you the truth, right? And being willing to look at friends and family members who might be telling you things, well, I know this because, oh, this happened to somebody else. Right. Um, that makes a huge difference when we're talking about your ultimate satisfaction with your process. Right. Well, I'm glad that we are creating reasonable expectations for people out there. And we're going to go to our next break. What do we want to cover when we get back? We're going to finish up talking about those things that you can do during your divorce uh, to really uh, help move things past so you don't have to go back after. Right. uh, And kind of finish up that list. All right. You can also be part of the show at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back on The Mom Show. Welcome back to The Mom Show here on My Talk 1071 and streaming on MyTalk1071.com. I'm Shannon here with Deanne Dulas from Sheridan and Dulas. Reminding you, you can always go to their website. It's SSDPA.com. That's SSDPA.com. And we'll make sure that's on our Mom Show page. And also we'll remind you at the end of the show. And we've been talking about top things you can do during and after a divorce to stay out of court in the future. Yes, and and those are really important things. And the, and the next couple of things we're going to talk about is really about how we put that agreement together um, and in ways that we're going to try to not set us up for just some future fight. Right, right. And those things kind of go hand in hand. Uh, the first idea is don't agree to something just assuming later that you're going to be able to change it. Um, and also don't agree to ambiguous terms. Right. Now, what is the purpose of both of those things? We will sometimes agree to things just to be done with them because you're just you're just done with the fight. Like, like right now, you're like, I just I don't I can't deal with it. Right. I now. don't care. I just want to be done. We'll just agree. We're going to have joint custody mm-hmm. or we'll agree to an ambiguous term thinking, well, it doesn't really matter because no one really knows what that means. So we'll just figure it out later. Right. Right. Anytime we're doing a figure it out later or I'll fix this later. All you're doing is postponing the fight. Right. You're creating ambiguity. You're creating the opportunity for disagreement. And is it more difficult if it's something that's gray like that to get it um, spelled out later? Like once it's already on in a document, is it that, well, this is what you've got. So just deal with it. Yeah. Okay. It is often a lot harder the second time around. I mean, the. The worst thing you want to do is get divorced and, mm-hmm. and have to go through that process, right? It's hard enough as it is, but to have to do it twice right, right. to fix the things that didn't get handled appropriately the first time, well, that's just, it's just, it's just terrible. It's just, yeah, it's just, <laughs> right? you, you finally got your the, this cut on your arm to start healing, and so now let's scrape everything off and open it right back up right. and pour more lemon juice in it just to make it worse. Right, yeah. and mm-hmm. pay somebody extra money to pour that lemon exactly. juice in there, right? Mm-hmm. So when we talk about things like, you know what, it's fine, I don't care, we'll just say we have joint custody and I'll come back in a couple of years and we'll fix that. Oh, we use that I don't care too often. Like that is one of those things that we say, I don't care. When you really do care. You really do care, but you're just trying to escape the situational stress. You're Mm -hmm. just, look, I just need this done. I don't care. Uh, we'll just agree to this now. It'll be fine. Um, and we'll oh, fix and it that later. Oh, fine word. Like, I'll be Ooh, fine. I'll be, fi- be it's fine. fine. It's fine. It's no, no. no, it's not fine. No. It's not fine. If you're going to agree to something, we need to make sure that there's a reason you're agreeing to it. Right. And not just with ambiguity. And it's not just with the kids, right? If you write in a provision regarding uh, how you're going to deal with a, a piece of property that you're selling and you don't and you just say, oh, we're going to sell this thing and split the it equally. Oh, 
Great. When are you going to sell it? Right. Who's responsible for selling it? Mm -hmm. What happens if it doesn't get sold? If there's fees, who's covering them? Right. All of those are things that means that at some point in the future, you're going to be coming back to court to require it to be sold or to decide how it's going to be sold (laughs) or decide how you're going to split that equally. Mm -hmm. Right. What does that mean? It takes just seconds to add in a couple of clarifying provisions. Just say, boom, here's what we're going to do. And you might say, decide, you can decide to let some things go or more, you know, put them in there. And I think that that's the other thing about, that's one of the things I think we did do well, mm-hmm. is that there were some things that technically I should have been able to do that I elected with the counsel of my attorney to not do. And they talked me through it and said, well, you know this. And I said, I understand But based upon these scenarios, here is what I'm choosing to do. So at least I made it under full disclosure. Right. Because Mm -hmm. what you don't want to do is to wake up in the middle of the night six years from now in a cold sweat and go, oh, my God, what did I do? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. You want to be able to think to yourself, "Okay, here's why I chose this Mm -hmm. because of this, this, this and this. And here were the pros and cons of all of my other options. And this one made sense to me. Right. Because if you can do that. You can lay back down and go to sleep. Exactly. Because you know that you're covered. Right. And otherwise, you're thinking to yourself, oh, my God, I wish I would have thought about this. Why didn't I do that? Oh, right. Six years from now or six months from now or six weeks after the order is signed, there's very little you can do to change. Property settlements are permanent. Mm -hmm. Right. They, They don't get to be come back and modified after it's done. Right. And when we're talking about kids issues, you have very high standards to change those things. Right. In the future, best interest of the children is just kind of a base. Right. It gets harder from there. And there are actually rules that say you can only come back and adjust custody issues if there's endangerment. Right. In the first two years. The other thing I think it's always good to remind people is that you are not going to be able to use this opportunity to get one over on the universe. So Mm -hmm. if you're like, well, I just won't talk about this or I'll just they won't notice or this is this is the time I feel like during this conversation is the time that people who normally did everything above board decide they're going to be their most shady self. Like like, maybe I can lie about this now. You weren't good at lying before. Why are you going to try and lie now that has something to do with going to court? Oh, and and more importantly, if you're lying about something or you're hiding something uh you can be held accountable to that it's called fraud Mm -hmm. Uh, and there are different standards of fraud but fraud is one of those things that has no limitation right right if it's 15 years later and they found out about some hidden assets the court has jurisdiction to come in and hear that right fraud is a really bad thing The other terrible thing about trying to be sneaky Mm -hmm. or hiding things, uh, and this brings us to our next one, is this idea that most of the fees that are spent in in a divorce or in a child support proceeding or a custody proceeding really are spent on the sharing of information. Gotcha. In, Mm -hmm. In legal terms, we call that discovery. Right. When someone doesn't give me something that I'm asking for, I am immediately suspicious why are they not giving that to me Mm -hmm. right and now i'm digging deeper now i'm digging deeper now i'm digging deeper and if you refuse to provide documents just because you don't want to you think it's a bad idea the court can actually sanction the person who is not providing the information for having not provided it right if people when the divorce or the legal action started and i know this is counterintuitive Mm because this is not what we see on tv 
But if everybody just opened up the books yes, and handed everybody all of the documents and everybody just knew right out of the bat that this is what had to happen, you would save thousands or sometimes tens of thousands of dollars wow. in the process. I, I got to tell you, it's the dumbest thing to fight about. And it is the thing that we fight about more than anything else. And sometimes it's the people who mm-hmm. think that they're being tricky, sneaky. Right. And sometimes it's the lawyers who yes. watch too much L.A. Law as a oh my kid. Gosh, yes. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And they think that's how it's supposed to happen. It's supposed to be more explosive and salacious oh, than it is. Right. And one of the things that I found out when I was going through divorce, so many things, and I'm a, you know, we talk about this all the time, Dan. I'm a junkie of those kind of shows. I watch mm. the shows a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, that was why I mistakenly thought I was going to be an attorney. I'm like, it's going to be like L.A. Law and Perry Mason. And then I worked <laughs> at, I worked as a legal clerk and said, all I do is write demand letters. This is boring. <laughs> like, so I don't want to, I <laughs> right. don't want to do this this it, is not what i'm to do i'm switching careers and that's why i'm here doing this it's I'm like, really boring <laughs> like, and if anybody ever wonders why miss shannon knows just enough words to be able to carry on a conversation <laughs> with dm is that i thought i wanted to be an attorney and i went i do not want to do this yeah it's it's the behind the scenes stuff is no, just boring it's as a heck. lot of reading and writing boring letters that say something about somebody getting struck in the rear if you work in like things <laughs> i know it's just but it is you think that it's going to be uh more sex in the city and all of these things are going to happen right. and then it also tricks us into thinking that that's the way you should behave yes and that you if there's something in there that maybe you feel is embarrassing or makes you look bad you kind of get taught that those things will then make the court look at you negatively when those things aren't technically anything that you can get called on right there's a lot of those things that technically doesn't really affect the scenario at all right a number of times people will have mental health issues Mm -hmm. or they'll have uh, depression or anxiety and if you're going through a bad relationship yes you're going to have those things and they have this fear that if they turn over the, you know, that they've had this prescription in place for a period of time, that right. that's somehow going to be like, boom, light switch. I don't get to see my I'm kids. unfit. They're going to say this. No. Mm-hmm. If you're actually getting help and treatment for those issues, that actually makes it more likely that you're going to get parenting time in custody of your kids because you're doing something about it. Right. Right. Hiding that issue, lying about that issue doesn't necessarily help you. It just might buy you the expense of having to go through a custody evaluation. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And so and again, this comes back to lawyers, right? Some lawyers think that they're being extra tricky and look, my my client's going to like me better because you can see how hard I'm fighting for you. But in the end, the people who really pay are the parties and their children because in most cases it's going to come to light anyway. Right. My, my paralegal uh, is amazing. Mm-hmm. She is awesome. And she can smell something out that's being hidden or lied about faster than any other human on the planet. She is incredible. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that if you, this is the first time you're hiding something, that you're going to be smarter than her. Right. Not right. going to happen. Right. She's going to find it. Mm-hmm. So, why waste the time? Why waste the energy? Right. And why would you cause another, if this is something that you're like, well, they didn't know this about me, your, your partner or spouse, so I'm going to just try and keep it quiet. Mm-hmm. That's just going to make it worse for you down the road because yes. now they really have a reason to argue and fight with you because it's just another right. thing that came to light when you might as well just get it out on the table. Right. So if you have another bank account that they don't know about and you don't, you try to hide it, you try to hide it. Guess what? That trust level when it's found mm-hmm. just 
hit the bottom. Exactly. Right. And so much of this process, reaching an agreement on property issues, reaching an agreement on financial issues, and certainly reaching an agreement about issues related to your kids requires a certain level of trust. Right. And if there is zero trust in a situation, now we're writing a lot more rules. We're doing a lot more discovery. We're spending a lot more of your money. Mm-hmm. And if you get out of a divorce and you have spent $50,000 or $80,000 just for your fees on a divorce, right? And you've got this huge bill that you owe to a lawyer at the end of this. The person you're going to be unhappy with is your ex. Right. Because you're in your brain, you're going to be thinking, they, they did, did this, this to me. Mm-hmm. Right. What, you know, it's, it's easy in the moment in the fight to think, oh, it's worth it. Right. It's worth it. It's worth it to spend all this money. But when you get done and you can look back on it, kind of that hindsight is 2020. There's going to be some real hard feelings when a situation that if everybody had hired a lawyer that was willing to tell them the truth and they shared all the information and they approached all of these issues that with just like open and honest conversation about it, honestly, that's a much easier divorce. Right. If you want something to be streamlined oh. and cost effective, yeah, it seems like it's better to go, here's the information, help me put it in a manageable form and get through this as much as possible. That seems like what most of us would want right. as far as adulting goes. As far as adulting. And that does not mean that you have to be all kumbaya, right. hugging, holding hands with your ex. You can really still have horrible negative feelings towards this person. Right. But... You won't have this as being one of those things that makes you even more bitter and angry towards that person you didn't and waste, less trusting. I like to call it, quote unquote, waste money. You didn't waste money trying to disentangle yourself from this. Yes. It's, all right, let's just get this done. Let's get this done. Let's I don't care forward. what you think about me. I don't care what you do. I'm like, even if you had some money stashed away, now they're eating up more of the money you had stashed away. Yes. <laughs> right. Oh, so more, mm-hmm. so often, so often we spend more money in the fight than we were fighting about. And anytime you were spending 500 chasing 50 right oh it's a bad idea it's just such a bad idea and it creates all sorts of trouble then in that moment and into the future right well i know we spent a lot of time covering things as you're going through the divorce process so when we get back should we cover a few things after the divorce yeah let's let's touch on some of those things that can happen um you know that you can set up ahead of time but really are the things that help you to move forward in a positive manner to keep you out of court in the future we also encourage you you still have time to call into the show the number is 651-641-1071 we'll be right back on the mom show Welcome back to the Mom Show here on My Talk 1071, streaming on MyTalk1071.com. Okay, you don't need to live the crazy life. You do want to live your best life, though. We encourage that. So, although we do like living La Vida Loca, not when you're going through a divorce. No. That's not what we do. No, so, no. Like, no, no. That's no. a bad. That's, a, that's on the list of things not to exactly. do. It's a catchy tune, but not nearly what you want no, to no. like uh, experience. And so, we are helping you out with that. Some top things you can do during and after a divorce to stay out of court in the future. So, we do have time if you want to call the number is 651-641-1071 and remind you you can always listen back to this episode you can share it if we say something uh, that somebody in your circle could benefit from but you can also get this information for yourself and just sometimes you need to listen again to process it so i can go that's what it is so when you call dn you can go this resonated i think it sounds like yeah this this really made sense to me this clicked it sounded to me like you were talking about me right and my situation if that's happening 
that would be a good time to make a call. Right. Now, we're talking a little bit about what happens after yeah. you reach that first finish line of getting through the divorce. Yeah. And so we're going to do a lot of the same things that we talked about ahead of time, but it changes once the divorce is done mm-hmm. because now we're past the finish line. Now we have some of that 2020 vision, but if we created some of those bad and negative feelings during that process or that are still held over from the relationship, we still have to deal with them. They don't right. magically go away with that piece of paper. Right. And I think some of them are, it's, it's, it's difficult to remind yourself that there are certain things that you can say out loud and there's certain things that you need to not. And that's kind of what it is. And I just, yes. you know, you got this, you know, you wanted to get this done. We know that you were in this painful situation and that it was difficult on you, but that doesn't mean you have to be so gleeful if you got something that you want. It's, is that going to help you in the long yeah, run? Yeah, it really is. It's kind mm-hmm. of the, that idea of don't poke, don't right. float. Right. Uh, because it just helps adding that that same thing, like you said, that lemon juice back into the right. wound. Mm-hmm. It doesn't gain you anything. And by saying those things, all you're doing is undermining that new relationship, that new level of trust. Correct. A couple of other things you want to make sure you mind. When you're poking and gloating, you're saying things on an emotional basis, right? Mm -hmm. It's not a legal or financial, it's emotional. So you always want to check yourself and say, am I really, do I really need to say this? Why am I saying it? Exactly. If it feels good to say it, most of the time you should probably not say it. Right. You can think it all you want, but is it going to end up coming back to bite you? Because especially if you get into a situation, let's say that you did get things resolved in the way that you want. If you want your 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 ex partner and spouse to continue to comply with these things, is, does it make sense to continue to gaslight them? Why no. does that help? Right? No, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Actually, it makes them more likely to create some sort of a pullback and be like, "Oh, really? You thought right. you you thought you got something there? So huh? I guess I'm not going to do it now." Right? Exactly. Right. It also impacts your kids. If your kids are there and they're hearing this information, if they can hear you talking badly about the other parent or the other parent's lawyer, in the long run, it actually ends up pushing your kids away. Right. Because they they don't want to hear it. Mm -hmm. They don't want to get involved in it. And if they start to recognize that there is this difference between where mom and dad are, it really not only messes with their head, but also messes with their relationship with you. One of the things we had talked about and called that before is not, not weaponizing your children. Yeah, don't yeah. weaponize your right. kids, mm-hmm. right? Don't put them in the middle to try to convince them how smart or how good or how bad the other parent is. Right. We get it. It's that 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 might be true. It's just not what we use them for. Yes. Mm-hmm. And if you're gloating about the numbers or gloating about a property settlement, keep in mind that Uh, Fraud has no deadline. Right. Motions for amended findings happen within 30 days after and an appeal period starts 60 days. Now, there's also what's called rule one, excuse me, 518.145 that actually allows you to come back and reopen your judgment and decree for a period of a year. Okay. After for other reasons. um, So that if someone's like, oh, yeah, well, you did the math wrong or this something there, there might be a way to still open that up. So. If you thought you got a great deal and you're still trying to be sneaky about something and it actually worked, shut up. Right. Leave things alone. <laughs> Leave things think. alone. Right. We don't like to do that. We just like to peacock and celebrate oh, where you like, you right. just need to leave. If things are going well, let well enough alone. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. You don't need to say it. You right. You really don't need to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, you also need to manage those divorce expectations again post 
divorce, right? Right. There's not an expectation that you and your ex are suddenly going to become super cooperative with each other, best friends, best buddies. Make make sure you've got that kind of in check. Right. That you're not ex- having that expectation that now suddenly your co-parenting is just going to immediately exactly. click, and mm-hmm. you guys are going to be like. Oh, look at how good we've we're consciously doing. uncoupled. We all work out well. So maybe right. not. No, right. you might not. You mm-hmm. might not need to do this. Mm-hmm. And especially, especially in situations where there's abuse, right? right? That abuse is going to continue unless there's some intervention that happens along the way, right? Um, and this this next one's going to sound weird. Um, and so I really want to to caution people when they when they hear what I'm about to say. Um, but it's almost cliche that. Divorces or post-decree issues get worse when there is a new person in your life. Right. So um, we will often see that if you have a new girlfriend or a new boyfriend, they start talking to you about the, oh, I can't believe this happened in your divorce. That's what's so terrible. You really got screwed. Mm -hmm. Or they'll say things to you that try to make them look better and really make the your ex partner look worse you really have to take those statements from a new significant other with a giant grain of salt like they weren't there they weren't a party to the situation yeah. maybe they were maybe there was some overlap even if there was even if there was overlap it's have still to be another human being wading into what you need to figure out how to look basically at a professional and clinical level Yes, Mm -hmm. you really need to be able to work with your ex in a professional, business-like manner. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be working with them, hopefully, on an emotional level anymore. Right. But when that new significant other comes in, and maybe they are still jealous, maybe they're still worried about their own status in the relationship with you, you have to be worried about what their separate motivations are. Fair enough. um, And um, motivating. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, The next thing that we really talk about is getting counseling. Right. So people hear counseling and they think, I don't need counseling. They need counseling. Everybody needs counseling. Right. Okay. We are talking about a major life transition where you are changing everything, every aspect of your life. Identity, emotion, everything is involved in this particular transition. So you should just acknowledge because we just kind of we've we've demonized counseling for so long in Mm -hmm. our society they're going no there are ways that you can feel healthier about this and that's the key is you feeling healthy about it it doesn't mean anything's wrong but you can feel better right yeah just if you're okay don't you want to feel better yeah i i wear glasses Mm -hmm. i mean i see you wear glasses Mm -hmm. counseling can be like wearing glasses right it doesn't mean that you can't get through your day without them Mm -hmm. it just makes your day a little bit easier agreed and there's so many different types of counseling available there's self-counseling there's family counseling and again not to get back together counseling but family counseling that talks about how do we still coexist as a family living in two different places? Here are the communication strategies that might help right. us do things. There are some co-parenting programs out there that are really designed to help focus on that changing relationship between you and your ex. Right. You can also involve kids in that process, especially if they were overly involved in the divorce proceeding, simply from a perspective of kind of creating a team of people where the kids can have someone they talk to and you guys have someone to talk to, but the counselors can talk to each other about figuring out where those 
those secret problems are that right. really haven't shown themselves yet. Mm-hmm. And you have to worry also about those kids that are not doing well. What the psychologists tell us is every kid has issues with every divorce. Right. There are no kids that are immune right. to this. And sometimes it's the kids who are not acting out, the ones that kind of put a stop to it, uh, who end up blowing somewhere else. Imagine... Right. You've got a hose on on high speed and you keep the water on higher and higher and higher pressures, but you cap the end of it. Mm-hmm. At some point, that hose is going to fail. It's yes. just going to fail in a direction that you are not expecting. Right. So talk to your kids about that. Right. And as part and parcel of that is bad and hostile communications. Yes. Right. It is even more important for you to interact with your your ex on a business-like manner. You communicate. We Follow those rules of communication that hopefully we wrote into your decree based upon your particular style of communicating with each other. You're not talking badly about the other parent in front of the kids. Right. You're not allowing other family members to talk badly about the other parent in front Even of the stay kids. stay off your social media yes. trying to bash each other. It's not going to help. No. Mm-hmm. And, I, I, and there are times when I'm not saying you can't complain about your ex. Exactly. Right. But you need to be mindful that they can see it on social media. Other people they know that you know are going to see it on social media. And you may be feeling like you're just venting to your friends, but it's going to get back to your ex, your kids, other important people in the family. And those sorts of emotional things that are so raw and so tender in a divorce do not immediately go away when the divorce is completed. Right. Well, we appreciate you sharing all these tips. Remind everybody you can get this information if you go to our website. But if they want to get a hold of you again, let's tell them that website and that phone number. Sure. It's www.ssdpa.com. And our number is 651-686-8800. Thank you so much, Deanne. I'll see you soon. Yes, see you. For everybody else, our website, mytalk1071.com, keyword mom.